Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love, I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. <sighs> Lyrical analysis of County West. <laughs> my name's Chris Lambert. And my name's Travis Bean. And sorry, we just woke up. We took a, a nap. You know, we were prepping yesterday. We decided to, to, to sleep it off because we had gone through so much material. And we're up and ready to talk about Fourth Dimension. Yeah, this song is one of the most complicated, at least layered, that we've encountered throughout Kanye's discography. Usually I'll just have four or five tabs open per song and kind of switch just to get the references. And on this one, I have 12 tabs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, complicated for us. People who are already looking for deeper meaning in Kanye songs are then like, oh, this sample is a cultural reference to this. And the outro of this song plays into the intro of another song. And it's just, holy shit, man. Yeah, I mean, it really did take us into a new dimension, did it? It truly did. And so I got to preface all this, stick with us until the end, because we have a lot to cover and we're going to try to pace ourselves <laughs> and cover it as we talk about the sound and not throw all this shit at you at once up front. Yeah, I think typically we like to talk about all the samples yeah. up front and it's just not possible to do that this time because the tangled web that Kanye weaves with this. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to get stuck in it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Fourth Dimension, it's the third track off Kid See Ghosts, and the narrative up to this point is, it, it depends on what your viewpoint is. If you're looking at the album in and of itself, then up to this point, we've had a similar trajectory as what Ye's doing, right? we start in more of a regressed antagonistic place with a little bit more of uh, a harsher egotistical worldview before getting to the midpoint in the album that opens things up emotionally, spiritually, before the last three tracks in the album will be more of a ascended emotional and mental state of being. But if you're looking at this as a sequel to Ye, then while Ye takes care of the logical aspects of things and this development of the mind, Kid See Ghost would then be more of the development of the soul and kind of having to go through the same journey, but this time spiritually. But we have a we have another way of looking at the albums. <laughs> Which is that they're sort of going on simultaneously in that a lot of the happenings of Ye, it's everything we can see on the outside of Kanye, everything he's kind of exposing to the world, all of the relationships he's fixing towards Kitsi Ghosts is very internal. We sort of head inside to 
an examination of the soul and how you take care of yourself and how you view yourself. And then ultimately, as this album is starting to transition into and kind of does in this song, uh, your relationship with God, which is, I guess, sort of an external relationship, but really it's how you feel about God on the inside and how you feel you're following God's words and how you carry yourself. Yeah. And that makes these two albums way more complex and fascinating when you start layering them over each other, as then you look at Feel the Love and you're just like, okay, this is kind of a very simple, straightforward song. But if you look at that as being more of the eternal scape to I Thought About Killing You and really showing Kanye's psyche, despite what he's saying on that track, but this is more the internal, what he's actually feeling, you're just like, oh, it's a much different characterization. The same thing with Yikes and Fire. Same thing then with Fourth Dimension and All Mine. If I pull up with a Kerry Washington, that's gonna be an enormous scandal. I could have Naomi Campbell, and still might want me a Stormy Daniels. Sometimes you get a bad. I mean, in particular, All Mine being this sort of, it's the height of mania. It's the drugs have been taken. You're starting to lose control of yourself. Infidelity is on the radar. You're trying to hide things from your wife. I feel like this song gets into a lot of similar elements, and we'll get into the drug talk later, but I mean, right up front, he's just talking about some woman he wants to get with, and it's this sort of dangerous behavior that leads down a terrible path. Yeah, that's one of the things, like, All Mine seems very considerate of the external relationship factors, or the perception of infidelity. Like, if I pulled up with a Kerry Washington, that'd be an enormous scandal, where This is much more about the actual actions of infidelity. But both songs really do deal with the pressure of it. Because in All Mine, he's scared that his wife's going to find out. He's scared it might end up on E! News. No, that's from Yikes, isn't it? That's from Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's still getting into that territory. And I I feel that pressure throughout the song, too. It's not that Kanye really wants to be doing these things, you know? He says, I'm in the Ron hole and I'm lost. You know, he's lost. He's kind of out of his mind. And nothing in the song, even though could be cool, like in the context of another hip-hop song maybe, like isn't at all. It's kind of all over the place. So that's a, that's a little bit of where we're at with this track. Ugh, I think we're stalling as much as we can before we have to head into the song. Yeah, shall we do it? <sighs> Hold my hand. <laughs> I got it. Let's go into the fourth dimension. <laughs> so we start off with this insane sample of Louis Prima. And it's a song called What Will Santa Claus Say When He Finds Everybody Swinging? And it's a 1936 track. <laughs> Why would Santa Claus care about swing dancing? (laughs) Why is Kanye using an old 1930s Santa Claus song in the fourth dimension? So strange. What could possibly... Hmm. Well, so one of the things to contextualize the song a bit is when you look at the lyrics from the full version, we get, what will Santa Claus say when he finds everybody swinging? What will Santa Claus say when he hears that sing, sing, sing? 
down the chimney he will come with his great big smile and he'll find that even the kiddies are swinging in a later style oh, oh, oh what is santa bringing oh, oh, oh i wonder whether he'll be swinging everywhere in the land all the people will be singing la 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 Now what is Santa Claus gonna say when he finds everybody swinging? Oh, what will Santa Claus say when he finds everybody swinging? What will Santa Claus say when he hears us sing, sing, singing? We know that Santa <laughs> judges behavior. You're either on the nice list or the naughty list. And this song coming out in 1936 is more of a reflection on the state of swing dancing on that time and it was a controversial topic as swing was a byproduct of uh, african-american music and a lot of youth in the white community were starting to get into it and we know that america as racially divided as it is today was even more so back then so the adoption of dance moves and music from the african-american community was still a very controversial subject and in the 1930s the jitterbug was a very popular dance all right kids now let's swing it This is from an article called Dirty Dances, a timeline of the moves that shocked. Um, and it was concerns were voiced for both the physical and moral well-being of those jitterbugging. Dancing to swing music, couples would perform energetic and improvised moves, including lifts, which could expose women's underwear, while English dancer Alex Moore called the dance disgusting and degrading. A sanitized version of this type of dancing, known as the jive, was accepted into the ballroom repertoire. And There was also a group in the 1930s in Germany known as Swing Youth, or the Swing Kids. And they loved swing music, they loved the dance moves, jazz, and they were actually a low-key political counterforce to the National Socialist ideology, and were more progressive compared to the Hitler Youth at the time. So. There's this history of swing and swing dancing being controversial in the 30s, which gets then at this concept of controversy and how will Santa Claus judge you? <laughs> uh, will you be on the nice list or naughty list? Um, is he going to bring you coal or is he going to bring you presents? Which is interesting here because the song says, what is Santa bringing? I wonder whether he'll be swinging. So if swinging's nice, then Santa will swing himself. If it's not, I don't know. It's just up in the air. And that really plays into, I guess, the tension of this song is because Kanye and Cuddy kind of fall into old behavior, you know, the Yeezusian behavior. Is the way they're living good or bad? Is Are they going to be judged accordingly by Santa? You know, this crazy, manic, uh, almost horror movie-like Santa that wanders into this song. <laughs> right like he's just ho ho hoing and like is he gonna be dancing like the idea of santa claus like just dropping down your chimney and swing dancing <laughs> is kind of terrifying it's not great <laughs> but 
when you overlay this with all mine and we know that all mine kind of gets into the most controversial behavior that Kanye has on yay to the point where a lot of people are pointing to all mine as being like a sign that Kanye still has uh, gross mindsets and that it's this gross song that he hasn't learned anything it's crude how dare he it's just funny to have that contrast of a song that's being judged as crude and then the counter song on kids see ghost referencing a dance and saying like people either thought it was bad or good there's just an interesting conversation taking place between the two tracks yeah and just the the other great layer of it is you know santa's judging the kids kids are on the nicer naughty list and as kind of talked about throughout yay you know becoming a kid and what it means being a kid to him is having a new lease on life being reborn as, as talked about this album as well it's a chance to start anew and to fix a lot of the broken relationships you've had work on your behavior to him that's being a kid so that again that tension is brought in here santa is judging him as a kid and it's the way he's acting good or bad yeah and I think if we're comparing it to All Mine, bad. <laughs> Which is why the next songs would it leave and getting into like, oh shit, I need, I've been fucking up. <laughs> For any guy that ever fucked up, ever embarrassed they girl, ever embarrassed they wife, she told you not to do that shit. She told you you was gonna fuck the money up. Then of course the next set on this is Free, which carries a lot of the same language that's on ghost down on yay so feeling free and being uh free of that behavior and being a better person to all of the people in your life i don't feel pain anymore guess what baby i feel free uh, there's also an interesting resonance between the fact that all mine opens with talk about a genie and getting the genie out the bottle and genies grant wishes where Fourth Dimension opens with Santa Claus and Santa Claus brings gifts. Yeah. Um, and genies are often known for mischievous behavior. They either make your wish come true or they do so in a ironic way where you get what you want, but there's actually consequences that you didn't envision. I just think in our overlap theory, if there's two songs... Uh, or one song on each album that happens to bring in this being that brings like gifts and they just happen to be located at the same spot on the album. It's just a coincidence. Just coincidence, you know? It, I mean, how many times has Kanye talked about Santa Claus throughout his discography? Oh, gosh. Every other song. So we get that as kind of the setup. This idea of is your behavior controversy or not? or controversial or not, how will people judge that behavior and will it result in you getting the presence or the coal? So then we get verse number one. And uh, what a Kanye verse it is. It feels so good it should cost. Brought an alligator, I ain't talking the cost. We start with the line, it feels so good it should cost. That right there is already starting to get into... <laughs> interesting territory as it may or may not be a reference to a drake and dj khaled song um specifically a song called for free where drake in the chorus says is this sex so good i shouldn't have to fuck for free 
Man, I always wonder if you ask yourself, is it just me? Is it just me? Is this sex so good I shouldn't have to fall for free? Uh, is it just me? And of course, there's interesting history of Drake heading into the release of this album. Well, heading into the release of Push's album, really. Um, and all the drama Push and Drake had of each other, which we'll get to that later. But thinking of Ye and how there's a... Oh, what's the track? No Mistakes. No Mistakes. How... Kanye is kind of trying to squash the beef with Drake. You, too close to snipe you. Truth told, I like you. Too bold to type you. Too rich to fight you. Calm down, you light skin. A large journey of both Ye and Kitsy Ghost is, is getting away from that behavior. Uh, it's interesting that here in Fourth Dimension that there is a Drake reference when Kanye is still in that kind of behavior. Yeah, and it might have just been Kanye doing referential humor as he's known to do and because this song is so sexual just having a reference to the song for free where it's just dj Khaled bragging about his sexual exploits never and drake bragging about his sexual exploits never (laughs) um like the first verse on for free is drake saying i go on and on can't understand how i last so long I must have the superpowers. Hmm. <laughs> Last 223 hours. That's the way I like to think about Drake. Yep. Just banging away. Mm. Nonstop. 223,000 hours. And maybe that's... As we had said in the intro about how Kanye makes the braggadocio seem very superficial a lot of the time or counters braggadocio in a way that makes it ironic in a way that you don't see Jay-Z doing in a way that you don't see Drake doing for free is definitely this over the top song. Like where he's saying I last 223,000 hours. (laughs) Like that's so next level, but (laughs) you know that Drake in a way is trying to say this, Seriously, like it's bragging, it's ego building. So I think when we're still in this portion of the ego building on the album, referencing a song like that is just Kanye poking fun at it in a way. Could be. I mean, and not even in, a, well, I guess you said in a fun way. I was going to say not really in a, a bad way at all, just kind of building on that. Like it's okay to show off that kind of ego like Drake does if it makes for a good song and it plays into that behavior like that's fine and if Kanye wants to do that as well then it makes sense yep but we know for Kanye that behavior isn't what he's looking for yeah (laughs) he's looking for something something realer yeah between graduation and the life of Pablo everything was a build the wolves where you put all that behavior behind you you know being Mary and Joseph and Having two little Jesuses was like the plight. So then we get Butter Alligator, I Ain't Talking Lacoste, which, you know, alligator bags, alligator shoes are very expensive. And while Lacoste is looked at as kind of a, a luxury brand, it kind of pales in comparison to actual products made of alligator. Also, choosing an alligator is like so Jesus, you know? What kind of animal would you compare to Jesus? Fucking alligator. Then Kanye says, made me say, uh-uh. Made me say, uh, 
like a mix of Master P and Rick Ross. Uh-uh. She seen it made me always feel like a boss. Uh-uh. She said I'm in the wrong hole. I said I'm lost. Uh-uh. She said I'm going too fast. I'm exhausted. Now drop to your knees for the offering. This made me say uh-uh. And that could be just a casual use of made me say because that's not a that's not in and of itself anything outlandish but there are a lot of song references potentially in this verse and we know that Kid Cudi had a song that was one of his big singles off of Man on the Moon that was Make Her Say that was another song that was all about over the top sexual exploits and vigor me first she wanna have whatever she like she can if she bring her friend and we can have one hell of a night through the day I mean stand I think it would make sense here to be referring to a Kid Cudi song I mean especially we're gonna get into all of this but uh, there's another possible reference to a Kid Cudi song and then several references to Kanye songs throughout. Yes. And he brings up in the very next line, like a mix of Master P and Rick Ross. Uh, and we know that Rick Ross is always bragging about, like almost all of his songs are just that outlandish next level braggadocio, especially when it comes to women. And then Master P had a famous song it was called Make Him Say Uh. Make him say uh. Make him say uh. It's just Make Him Say Uh is more of a just a bragging song. Um, but there is that over the top attitude of being being the man. Yeah. That comes with Master P and Rick Ross which then Kanye plays on with she seemed to make me always feel like a boss. Which is pretty interesting here because, again, that's the behavior he wants to get out of out of with all mine and out of throughout a lot of his discography is the validation that comes with, you know, the side chick or the girls that want to sleep with the celebrity that makes you feel like a boss. Uh, you feel the pressure to have somebody like that in your life as opposed to someone like Kim who isn't going to leave you, who loves you for who you are and doesn't need you to act a certain way. Yeah, like it's not this relationship where you're the boss to this girl that just needs you to support her, which is something that comes in with that last part of All Mine. Hey, if you driving around in some drive fit... I'ma think that you the type to dry snitch. If I see you pull up with the three stripes, I'ma fuck around and make you my bitch. Which is this very in charge, subordinate relationship dynamic, rather than the level playing field dynamic that he gets to with Kim on Life of Pablo, and that we see by the end of Ye when he realizes the behavior of treating women as secondary or as something to possess is such a stupid perspective to have. So he's still in that conquer mindset, it seems, in this verse. And we get the uh-uhs that kind of 
as he sets it up with made me say uh uh-uh in this sexual way having each line end with uh uh-uh just makes it seem like this is what he's thinking as he's like having sex yeah that's uh what we said and i meant it as well right because that song is all about sex and on the outro at the end of every line he's like uh time to take it too far now uh michael douglas out the car now uh got the kids in the wife life uh but can't wake up from the nightlife uh yeah there's something about the rhythm of it the context of sex that's so much a part of the song that it invokes the idea of the sexual rhythm put on top of all that just the atmosphere of the song same goes with five minute it's not like it's presented as this cool thing you know the the sonic nature of the song is very chaotic and there are these drums and none of it sounds fun (laughs) no (laughs) unlike that drake sex no that you know the drake sex always sounds fun Mm. god that's a sentence i never thought i'd say (laughs) nope uh she said i'm in the wrong hole i said i'm lost yeah just another case of this is not a fun place to be you know he he's in the wrong i mean ron hole that's already not fun but on top of that being lost you don't even really know what's going on i mean you could read it as humorous i know when i was on sports teams there was often uh joking about like oh just say it was the wrong like right oh god um (laughs) we're all young at some point it's okay yeah just like dumb male humor about like attempting that yeah so you could read it as him being cheeky so Mm -hmm. to speak Uh, but you could also view it as just accidental and showing that he's not as uh great at sex as (laughs) all of the leading up to this would make you think and what it seemed if you listen to all mine and the confidence that's on all mine But then there's also something emblematic or symbolic about this. Like, I said I'm lost. That it's not just about this moment, but about where he's at in his life, like, on a spiritual level. For sure. Yeah, I don't even think that being in the wrong hole is a sign of him being bad at sex, necessarily. It's more of just in this ghost world where he's having sex and it's kind of just it's crazy you know it's almost like supernatural and it's not that like oh i'm in the wrong hole it's just it's just a way of showing it's like you said emblematic of the fact that he doesn't really know he's not really himself in this state no and we have the line on ghost town where he says that he's caught between space and time no have just naked minds caught between space and time this now is and when you're caught in between space and time i feel like there's a connection to the concept of a fourth dimension because fourth dimension deals with space and time and if he's saying that he's caught on ghost town and trying to like really find himself i do think there's some connection between the loss between space and timeline and more of Cuddy's part because that caught between space and time part is really symbolic of the fact that space is where he's at now and time is where he that's the way he's talking he's think he's all, he's a futurist he's thinking about how things and people would be viewed in the future and he's speaking ahead of time and he's caught in that middle ground you know which for him i think was one of the issues with everything with trump with everything with tmz is he's trying to think of things in the future and how things could be 
but he wasn't quite saying things in the way that they needed to be said in the present time, which makes them come off as much more controversial than what he intended, way more problematic than what he intended, because he's viewing it in a disconnected way from the present. Uh, At least that's how I think that he's viewing it. I, I, I don't know Kanye. But from everything that I've read him say about it, that was the impression that I got. And that's something that we see leading up to Wouldn't Leave. Wouldn't Leave is a reaction to the TMZ stuff. It's a reaction to uh, all the controversy that he's caused over the years. Mm -hmm. And I think Yikes and All Mine, Fire and Fourth Dimension are really trying to capture that tension with Kanye. As you're saying, like the space and time problem. Well, then speaking of... caught between space and time and fourth dimensions and everything the next line is she said i'm going too fast i'm exhausted which seems to be a callback to which song travis oh it's that song it has twista it has jamie fox we covered it on this show uh slow jams slow jams <laughs> What's uh? You have the part in that song where the girl tells Kanye to go faster, to go like I know I said to slow it down, baby, but now I'm gonna need you to speed it up. And Kanye says like I can't go that fast, like damn, but I know somebody who can. And Twista comes in and does his Twista thing. This seems to. I would imagine be a reference to that. She said, I'm going too fast. I'm exhausted. And again, it's a little bit of a contrast. Instead of like him going too fast and he's like feeling empowered and great and like has all this sexual vigor, he's just exhausted. And we know that on Slow Jams, he said that he can't handle going that fast. And then we get now drop to your knees for the offering, which offering still sounds like off Fred or of Fred to me uh from handmaid's tale and i can't tell if kanye's watched handmaid's tale or not and how does that play into this the idea of this line well so handmaid's tale is this dystopian society that's very religiously conservative and the handmaids are made to sleep with the heads of the household as there's been a pregnancy or fertility epidemic So the handmaids are all fertile women, where a lot of the wives aren't. So they have this ceremony where the handmaids are essentially ceremoniously raped by these guys. And the whole shows, you're seeing the birth of this rebellion. Uh, One woman's rebellion, but also the kind of cultural rebellion that's building. I mean, yeah, that's a crazy stretch, but it doesn't not play into what these lines are doing and how it's... You know, she said I'm in the wrong hole. She said I'm going too fast. Now she has to drop her knees and Kanye's going to, well, I think we can fill in the blanks there. Like nothing is empowering about this for her. It's all just him dominating her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a larger, larger context being brought in from Handmaid's Tale, but in a show that's about the male superiority over the female in the sexual relationship. And that being such a theme on Ye. Interesting, interesting resonances, or at least an echo. 
Uh, and then we get this the theme song. This the theme song. Oh, something wrong. Might need an intervention for this new dimension. That's too new to mention. Won't fit in a sentence. If I get locked up, I won't finish the sentence. Which calls back to both power and black skinhead. And Power's a song that starts off very empowered and ends with the Kanye character on the album jumping out the window (laughs) uh, and being drunk and like just fucking his life up. And Black Skinhead is a song that starts off very empowered, but we know that the character is actually losing control and is on the edge. It's somebody who's trying to start a movement and fails by the end of it. It is somebody who's stripped of their power, essentially. Yeah, and part of that's due to their unhealthy living style. 500 out of control. Yeah, four in the morning and I'm zoning. They're seemingly possessed. That shit's not good. Um, So he captures that with just this two phrases. This is a theme song. Oh, something wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whenever he's talked about his theme music, it has been done in a completely ironic manner to show that things are not cool. So he cuts to the point, might need an intervention for this new dimension. This gets more to me into the caught between space and time talk and, you know, how he's judged for what he says in this space. And in his head, he's just thinking ahead of time. He wants to carry everybody to a new dimension, but is he going about it in the right way? And that plays exactly into the next two lines, which is, that's too new to mention or fit in a sentence. If I get locked up, I won't finish the sent. And he's not even allowed to finish his sentence because people are done with him. Canceled. So there's there's an awareness here that I think that's something that people that were critical of the album were saying that he doesn't address anything from the controversy and it's like he gets at it but in that artistic way and it's just these little moments and showing rather than telling Mm -hmm. and then we get santa coming back in right (laughs) yay santa's back what is santa bringing and that's the question right after all of this behavior that kanye's had what will santa bring him cole motherfucker (laughs) cole and oh the interlude so the interlude brings in this kind of crazed laughter that feels very mischievous it's not the laughter of like some bane like monster of a character going like ha 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 it's it's something a little bit more uh crazed and goofy seeming like a he 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 yeah it's definitely not fun it's it's fucking terrifying it's about as terrifying as santa coming down the chimney and this fucking creepy music starts playing and this this drum is beating throughout the whole song (laughs) and so the laughter might seem like a bizarre choice but it makes more sense if uh oh god so people have pointed out that there seems to be kind of a a psychedelic edge to the soundscape of kids see ghosts to the point where people were wondering if it was just all 
a psychedelic trip from from drug use. Sure. And we know on Yikes the references two C B and DMT. Tweaking, tweaking off that two C B huh? Is he gonna make it TBD, huh? Thought I was gonna run DMC, huh? I done died and lived again on DMT, huh? Both of which have hallucinogenic properties. But DMT specifically is a drug that's associated with spiritual breakthroughs. Uh, which already in that way, because Kitsy Ghost is such a spiritual breakthrough and talks about the spirit world... People were wondering if Kitsy Ghost was a DMT experience. Then you get the reference on Yikes. But when you start researching DMT, uh, it turns out that lots of people seem to encounter similar beings during their trip. And one of those beings is really helpful and kind of kind. And they're known as machine elves, which seem to be these very like little elf looking beings that are helpful and try to guide you and talk with you. So could that be why the Santa Claus reference uh, with the context of everything else we said, but it's also a reference to DMT and seeing machine elves because Santa has elves in his workshop. Elves are the ones that help him out. And then there's also another figure that gets talked about and that's the jester and the jester are more chaotic neutral figures Uh, if you read experiences of people that have dealt with dmt they talk about the machine elves very positively and jesters as like fucking with them being assholes uh sometimes being helpful but being dicks while being helpful (laughs) like not outright evil but just more like they make people feel uncomfortable they can make the trip go south where the machine elves tend to help the trip be a good one. Yeah. And again, I think that gets at the tension of this song. Is your behavior going to result in presence or coal? I think here you have two entities being introduced that can lead you down a good or a bad path. And I think that, I mean, kind of obviously translates to real life. You know, that's stuff everyone goes through. And it's it's something Connie's obviously gone through throughout his career. Does he live that easiest lifestyle or does he become a saint and a good father and a good husband? And just having uh, spirits all around him. You have Mike and Prince trying to warn him while the demons are on him. I can feel the spirits all around me. I think Prince and Mike is trying to warn me. They know I got demons all on me. Devil been trying to make an army. And this song, you have beneficial spirits while also having the jester, which would be kind of the demons all on them. Well, so that laughter precedes Cuddy's verse. And Cuddy's verse is structured in a way that kind of jumps back and forth between that. You start with four lines. Getting loose while I'm rolling through, see me roll out. Watch you surf with the coast and the spinning. I got plenty of adventures for the evening. We go journey, we all find the light to guide us on. We in the moment, uh-uh. Getting loose while I'm on the deuce, see me roll out. Deuce, in this case, tends to be, uh, as people informed us on Twitter, two ounces of lean used in uh, a drink that you're making before you go out. It's not him taking a shit. It's not him taking a shit. Okay. That's, I'm just saying, there's, there could be double meaning to the line. I mean, you're right. There could be. 
like he is feeling loose while he's taking a shit or <laughs> while having this uh drink that's going to fuck him up and put him in a good place he's feeling looser i guess that makes sense <laughs> uh see me roll out and if you're rolling you tend to be on drugs right oh yeah i guess so i guess i saw it more as like hitting the town or something yeah i think uh just like with you know the deuce oh okay right now i see (laughs) um but yeah this idea of like going out hitting the town watch you surf hit the coast and genius had a, a helpful annotation here Cuddy had a single called Surfin' on his previous album, Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying. Where he uses waves as a metaphor for the kind of style, sound, or trend other artists may be on. So this idea of watching somebody else do their thing artistically, but then they hit the coast. They crashed, they bombed. Which puts Cuddy in more of a superior mindset, right? Yeah, which is something we'll see progress as the song goes on. I mean, in this part, obviously, he's showing that superiority, and then he's kind of backed into a corner, and then he has to rebel. Yeah. Uh, I got plenty of adventures for the evening. We go journey. We off from the light to guide us home. I really love this contrast. We have adventures that we're going to have for the evening, but when we go off on those, we go away from the light to guide us home. Like, we're just lost in the moment. And there's that sense of abandoning what's guiding you. Mm-hmm. There's that sense of being lost from home that comes up when you lose that light that's supposed to guide you. And you lost it because you went out to have adventures, because you're fucked up in this indulgent lifestyle. Kind of sounds like it's describing all mine. Oh, yeah. Now that you mention it. Wow. <laughs> and really everything Kanye's saying in that first verse, you know, it's not that he's just in the wrong hole. It's that he's lost. And what do you get in the next line? I'm such a lost boy caught up in the darkest I had. Such a lost boy caught up in the darkest I had. What's the cause, boy? Losing everything in the head. Yeah, and that's the tension of this verse is that it seems like he describes things more in the moment and then jumps to that narration perspective. So we see him being in the moment of like, yeah, we're going to go out and get fucked up. And it's like you have Kanye five years or Cuddy five years later. I was such a lost boy. (laughs) Caught up in the darkest. Uh, What's the cost? Losing everything that I had. It's kind of crazy that for these. I mean, as you just pointed out, you know, it almost becomes narration. But like sudden, such sudden self-reflection that really hasn't even been seen on the album that much other than when Cuddy talks about going down the road and see all the scars he left behind this seems like more of a well that was just an outro or a, a way to end that track to mm-hmm. end fire this is actually part of the song now like brought into the verse so rather than being this kind of separate postscript it's now very much part of what the character's mindset is right 
And we had talked about how yay seemed to be structured with immaturity versus rebirth and a newfound maturity in that rebirth, having lived and been reborn. Uh, you know things that you didn't know the first time around, or just the understanding that you get makes you feel like you've been reborn. Right. Uh, such a lost boy. The lost boys in Peter Pan were a group of kids that were on Neverland, and they couldn't age. They were perpetually children, which meant that they were, in a sense, innocent and imaginative, but there's also that immaturity that's part of that. But then we switch out of that perspective of the narrator, Cuddy, and go back to the ego-driven Cuddy. She been on me, boy, unless you got something to tell. Sitting, waiting for me, slipping, yeah, I see you in hell. Which, I don't know why he's going to see this person in hell. <laughs> I mean, if you think, as we're making the transition in the album to free, in this moment where you kind of are trying to leave those demons and ghosts behind, you're trying not to dip into their behavior. Coming out of the, the narration part, this could be seen as a bit of a transition point. Where you know he's not going to fall for these women that bring who attract him into the way he used to live his life. You know, I'll see you in hell. Mm. I guess it's also a commentary that he's acted in such a way up to this point that he would think that he is going to hell. Could be. But know. then he says, "Tell the cougar get up off me." It's almost like he's rejecting it. Yeah, like she had been on me, and you've been waiting for me to slip up, but now that cougar needs to get off of me. My soul ain't for sale. And then again, all the evils on the world on me, they keep it on me for real. Which, as we already said, gets to kind of the demon line from Yikes. And how you kind of feel they're all over you and pressuring you to live a certain way. And I can imagine Kid Cudi fans are probably pulling their hair out right now, being like, heart of a lion, heart of a lion. Don't worry. <laughs> There's a song by Kid Cudi that... Kid Cudi had listed, God, Travis, the subtitle of this song is Kid Cudi theme music. And the first verse is, please save a kid that needs some help. And I can't begin to think of anything that could help. But the weed is guaranteed indeed just what I need. How I feel upon a time so recent in time made me sad. When I recollect how it used to be like David and Goliath, kind of like me and the devil trying to rip out my soul, trying to catch a guy on sleep. You can try again and I'll be ready. Won't let you kill me in my dream like Freddy Krueger. No, I'm not no loser. I'll see you in hell. So we have the I'll see you in hell reference in this Kid Cudi verse here. And on Heart of a Lion, at the end of every verse... I guess there's just two on the song. He says, I'll see you in hell. Uh, I told you I'm not no loser. I'll see you in hell. So it seems to be a reference to the fact that he had a period in his life where he was acting in a way that he thought was kind of bold, um, but would meant that he'd go to hell. This portion seems to be, as you're saying, that transition from just losing the way to trying to get back 
to being on the Lord's path to rekindle that relationship with God, to find the light that's going to guide you home. And a lot of that means rebelling against the ghost and kind of rejecting that behavior, which gets at the next lines. Kids see ghosts off the ropes. Rick Flair in your bitch. All the evils in the world are keeping on me for real. I really hope the Lord hurt me. We all live in sin. Kids see ghosts off the ropes. Rick Flair on your beard. Now this the theme song. This the theme song. Now put the themes on. Get your, get your dream on. So... I assume here he says Kids See Ghosts as reference to the band Kids See Ghosts. So he's talking in the third person. Like, we're off the ropes now. We're no longer backed into a corner. We're fighting back and we're going Ric Flair on you. Yeah, Ric Flair uh, was a very popular wrestler of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, wrestling all the way into 2000s. Yeah, and Ric Flair, because... People like to talk about how Ric Flair was a rap persona before rap was a thing. He was very braggadocio, larger than life. He wore these bright robes and was just talking about how he was styling and profiling and would come out with women all the time and was living this really like party boy life. To be humble when you're looking like Ric Flair and a cap and a lot of rappers today will reference Ric Flair on songs. There's a lot of appreciation of Ric Flair in the rap community. He's also one of the most decorated champions of all time. So, He's also old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get, now this the theme song, this the theme song, which could be a reference to Heart of a Lion, where that had been Kid Cudi's theme song, now Fourth Dimension is going to be, or Kid See Ghosts on a Whole is the theme song. Where Kanye's theme song gets interrupted, this the theme song, Oh Something Wrong, where Cudi says, now this the theme song, this is theme song, the put the beams on, uh, get your get your dream on, which would seem to be like, put the beams on in terms of like high beams, ultra light beam, we're taking it to the next level. Like we're going to go get our dreams. There's something more empowering to that. Oh, that's an interesting progression. Then it actually seems kind of purposeful to bring up the theme music twice. And the first time it's, uh, it's a little treacherous and exposes the irony and the bad behavior. And here it's all right, let's make new theme music and live a better life. Yeah. Like Kanye starts to reference the theme music and gets locked up because something's wrong, where Cuddy gets to finish it. And it's because Cuddy's perspective seems to be a little bit more mature than Kanye's throughout the album. Kanye catches up, but he's just kind of a step ahead. Mm -hmm. So the put the beams on could be a reference to Ultra Light Beam, the go get your dream on. We know that good music stands for getting out our dreams. I feel like that could, in a sense, be kind of like a reference to this whole five album release like Kanye put his beams on and released five albums on good music mm -hmm. yeah because I think it's okay to view a lot of what because Kanye and Cuddy have a lot of similar problems and had a lot of similar they both had struggles with the public and how the public perceived them and uh, mental issues I think a lot of what each of them are saying really overlap and I think it makes sense that a lot of the stuff 
Cuddy would be saying, like, get your beams on, just relates to Kanye as well. Yeah, that they're kindred spirits in a way. Mm -hmm. But then he has, but you don't hear me, though. Which raises the question of the you. Is the you that doesn't hear me, is that the same you that he's going to see in hell? Is that the same you from, like, the Get Your Dream On? Is the Put the Beams On, Get Your Get Your Dream On more just self-referential? Like, I'm telling myself to go get your dreams on, but then he's also saying, but you don't hear me, though, to himself, to somebody else. I would say he's talking to the ghost and kind of the ghostly figure, and it just so happened this album is introduced with Pusha T and kind of Pusha T inviting them to act a certain way and to sort of welcome drama and beef into their life. We not worry about no other niggas. We the mother niggas. You bust down a rolly, I bust down a brick. Then I flooded nigga. And that's an interesting connection to Pusha T's album where that is pretty much the theme and the idea of the entire thing is Pusha is better than everybody else and elevates himself. Yeah, Pusha's album has a very similar 313 structure to yay and kitsy ghost except it gets more dire as it goes on the first part is more of a basking and what's happened and the midpoint is looking at the tragedy that this drug dealing life starts to bring and then you transition into santeria which looks at his friend's passing and this growing anger and growing sense of conflict and wanting to have conflict outside of yourself with somebody else. Now that the tears dry and the pain takes over, let's talk this peyote, peyote. You killed God's baby when it wasn't his will and blood spill. We can't talk this shit over, this shit over. The which Lord continues on uh, what would Meek do? where it's Pusha and Kanye both addressing what they're going to say to their haters. Niggas talking shit, Push, how do you respond? I'm top five and all of them die on. I am the hope, the dope dealers won. Before Drake concludes, or Pusha T <laughs> concludes with Infrared, which is the Drake diss track. Oh, now it's okay to kill baby. Niggas looked at me crazy like I really killed the baby. Salute Ross cause the message was pure. He see what I see when you see Wayne on tour. Flash and it's very much like a I'm coming for people like I have my infrared sight on like you're in my scope like I'm going to get you. And funny enough which could just be a whole big quinky dink you know. Uh, the outro of Infrared brings in these drums, and the drums are then used throughout Fourth Dimension. Niggas for real been waiting on push. Hmm. Yeah, the drums kind of come in during this, right out of after the transition between the Santa Claus intro into Kanye's verse. So it suddenly introduces this tension that, you know, Santa Claus brings with him. And the tension, as we've discussed, is the kind of life you're living, whether that's good or bad. And what do you know? This drum is taken from Infrared, a song where Pusha T is uh, going after Drake. And Pusha T, the, the connection's getting crazier. There's so much yarn on my wall right now. Pusha T introduces Kitsy Ghost, where he's inviting them to be part of that behavior. 
And that behavior that we see Pusha T introduce with Feel the Love is very traditional braggadocio ego. I'm better than everybody else. I make like I'm great at like having sex. <laughs> Women love me. And it's just everything that's superficial about that hip hop life. And we see by the end of the album on Cuddy Montage that Kanye and Cuddy have rejected that lifestyle. And we see that on Ye, Kanye rejects that lifestyle. There seems to be a growth away from the mindset that Pusha T has. And as we've noted that Ye and Kitsy Ghost kind of have a similar 313 structure where in the beginning you're sort of caught in this behavior and you work your way out of it. By the second half of the album, both albums sonically kind of represent it as well. So Ye starts out with, I thought about killing you. And it starts off kind of like nice and free flowing. But then as Kanye sort of dips into the Yeezus behavior, the song gets heavier and the synths are introduced. It's a different type of rules that we obey. And then on Yikes and All Mine, it's very synth heavy. Uh, before we head into Wouldn't Leave, where he kind of escapes that behavior, and suddenly you have that lighter, free-flowing sound. There's choruses, there's samples, and all that. We see the same thing happening on Kitsy Ghost, where Feel the Love introduces very heavy rhythms and beats. I mean, of course, Connie does his get, get, get shit. But also, the drums are introduced, and the drums really guide the song. And you see the drums really guiding the song on Fire and Fourth Dimension as well. Where on Fire, those drums come from They're Coming to Take Me Away, which is this old song about a dude who's going crazy and has schizophrenia and uh, has voices in his head, and no one is there to help him. Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees? I love all your shit talking. The drums is guiding that beat, so it makes sense here that the drums carry that attitude introduced by Pusha, have this sort of menacing sound that is encompassing Cuddy and Ye. It feels so good it should cost. Brought an alligator, I ain't talking cost and trying to lead them down a darker path before we head into free when the drums kind of take a backseat to a lot of the music going on and it's much lighter and free flowing. I'm so complete in the yes, and there's a, oh man. So the drums that come in on infrared, they're at the end and having those drums then come in on fourth dimension, it does raise a little bit of a question of what the reference is to, because on infrared, Push's verse is completely done. All we get at that point in infrared is the sample from 24 karat blacks, I want to make up. When you look at the lyrics of I Want to Make Up, it's a woman talking to a man and the man responding to the woman. So it's very much a conversation between two people that are at odds with one another. 
starting with the woman saying, did I break your heart? My little pride and joy, do we have to part? My precious baby boy. And she's trying to win him back. And he's just not having it. To the point where by the end of the song, when she's saying, please let me love you, please let me love you, he just says, I'm gone. So there's that tension between a couple that can't overcome their differences. And on Pusha, on Infrared, we see him actually furthering those differences. And that seems to be why I would imagine that everything that's used on Infrared is from the, the male's like antagonistic perspective. It doesn't use the female voice at all. So on Fourth Dimension... It just seems to be a good setup to this idea of furthering the theme of beef and division and antagonism that Kanye and Cuddy need to overcome. And they fucking do it. <laughs> they do. Ugh. They work so hard. Watch the guitars roll and let your friends know. We're doing it. Yeah. Like drama, we let it go. And that seems to be watch the guitars roll and let your friends know as like this is the music like this album it's that meta awareness that this is what we're doing we're making music to overcome the things that had set us apart from the world which is pretty similar to what Kanye is doing on on Ye when he says the most beautiful dots are always besides the darkest and you hear this hum sort of introduced music is finally introduced into I thought about killing you the most beautiful thoughts are always besides the darkest and again for the album being very meta watch the guitars roll and let your friends know if this it's this idea that you're making music to cope with your problems and to become a better person and kind of just pour your heart out to the world the next song free which is really that transition finally happening is introduced with very pretty heavy guitars for the first time in this album the drums take a back seat i don't feel pain anymore guess what baby i feel <sighs> they know exactly what they're doing don't they absolutely i mean what are we doing here like this is what artists do right like you can sit around and say like it's all a coincidence that we're reaching and that connie's not that deep but when you sit in a room with these people and this is all you're doing and you're trying to express yourself as artists, this is the kind of shit you do. So then following Cuddy's verse, that's much more progressive than Kanye's verse. We get that chorus coming back in. What is sad a bringing? And this time it seems a little bit more hopeful than the previous time. Uh, and then we get the outro. Oh boy. Which, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Just do that and then let the music do something and then do that again. That'd be enough for a record. I mean, you only want two and a half minutes if you can get it, you know, three minutes max. So the outro comes from a Shirley Ann Lee song uh, called Someday. And in case you're wondering who Shirley Ann Lee is, here is an excerpt from uh, numerogroup.com's webpage. 
Born at the tail end of the depression that darkened the entire United States, Shirley Ann Lee took her talent as a singer and pianist from a grim, overcrowded house in Toledo, Ohio, to a glamorous, gospel-fueled adolescence on the road and in Nashville. She never got a full album, though. She was considered this huge star of gospel music, but never quite had anything made. So the Numero group, who Kanye found a lot of samples for uh, the Wyoming albums through, uh, put together this LP called Songs of Light. And they include studio recordings, in-the-moment sketches, out-of-tune piano demos, and rehearsals with young kids um, talking in the background. And Someday is one of those. It starts with Shirley Ann singing this beautiful portion about someday, someday, I'll wear a starry crown. And then she just breaks down singing and says, this is, by f- this is all by far I've gotten on it right. Uh, so she starts getting into a discussion with another voice, uh, a man. Well, you thought that maybe uh, we could use music to fill in on a lot of this. Yeah, that's uh, right. Just do that, and then let the music do something, and then do that again. That'd be enough for a record. I mean, you only want two and a half minutes if you can get it, you know, three minutes maximum. So if you consider that if you did that, just like you did there, and then let the music play a chorus of it, and then you come over again and go out, that would be good enough. You wouldn't need to have a whole lot of stuff. This would be uh, better on a lot of songs, not have a whole lot of things, just something simple. So somebody can listen and, and enjoy, you know, the melody and, and something simple. When they get too many, then they can't remember it. And then, who's interested? And then he asked her to get into this other song called Get Back. Oh, get back. So that's the next song on the album. And it talks about how you need to let back or how you need to get back and let God take control. Seems pretty relevant to what's going on here, as we've discussed, and how you're trying to get back to God in a lot of ways and leave this behavior behind. The final song, Cutty Montage, the album just ends with Kanye like asking God to shine his light on him and yeah. help him save me. And part of being saved is leaving that beef behind because all it leads to is people getting shot and people abandoning one another. Yeah, you can't live a life that's all about payback. So there's something in the outro that he just, he uses the male voice talking about the unfinished or how to finish the Shirley Ann Lee someday song that she just has to do that then have some music do it again and that's enough when we have this song ending with Cuddy talking about watching the guitars roll there just seems to be uh, a tension to this idea of music being the thing that like heals you right and saves you but then also the fucking someday sample that here it's the outro of that sample or of that song that's the outro of the song the intro of someday is the intro of ghost town that someday someday i'll wear a starry crown that's just crazy 
So if you look at the idea of the Someday track on Shirley Ann Lee was that she had the start of a song, but didn't know how to finish it. Mm-hmm. And on Fourth Dimension, which comes before Ghost Town narratively, you have the instructions of how to finish it. And then when we get to Ghost Town, which narratively comes after Fourth Dimension, we get that same intro that was unfinished. Someday, someday, I'll wear a starry crown. Right. And Kanye's taken that and made a full song from it. Oh, fucking gorgeous. Yeah, what was unfinished by Shirley Ann, Kanye finds the inspiration to finish the songs with his own words if you look at the first verse from party next door he continues on with someday 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 i want to lay down like god did on sunday and then you look at kanye coming in and he says someday we gonna set it off someday we gotta get this off so there's just a that very active continuation of shirley ann's unfinished song yeah and it's all built to 070 i don't know if that's how you say your name 070 call her shake <laughs> it leads to shakes outro where she talks about i'm a kid again i let it all go i let go of everything This idea of finally feeling like a kid and feeling free. And what do you know? Ghost Town Part 2 on Kids See Ghost is a song called Free. So it's suddenly Free and Ghost Town line up with each other, you know, as the song titles suggest they should, but also in this much deeper way because the samples from both albums are connecting. Beautiful. Yeah, so basically everything you just heard is what left us complete shambles yesterday and why we had to actually sleep before we did this episode uh um but that does it right that's it just uh if you want to stick with us and head to the bonus episode you can do that but for now we're just going to plug a few things so we set some new goals for our patreon page um so for every 50 dollars increments we hit we were going to upgrade the show in some way whether it's getting Logic Pro or getting a new logo, something like that. Um, And we were going to film a short film based on a Kanye song. It so happens that we had a lot of $50 increments pretty quickly after we announced doing that. (laughs) Yeah, so we were at like 193. So it was supposed to be like 200, 250, 300, et cetera. And uh, within the week, we're at 384, which is awesome. But daunting. Um, but daunting. So we now have four <laughs> short films that we're going to be working on. Um, and we'll be able to get our new logo right away. And after that, get Logic Pro for Travis. And after that, get some new cameras for YouTube videos that we're going to be making. Um, and then also, uh, Travis is going to get an editing class just for sound editing and being able to make the podcast as quality as it can be. Mm. Uh, so yeah, if you want to contribute to our Patreon page, you go to patreon.com slash County podcast. And again, 
the more you donate, the more you torture us because we have to make those Kanye movies. <laughs> Which are going to be great to make, but just work, work to make. <laughs> um, so the first one that we're going to be doing is a is just a short film inspired by Ultra Light Beam. We did our poll, Ultra Light Beam, Beat Out, Low Lights, Wouldn't Leave, and New Workout Plan. And a late write-in run for Liftoff. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> and so that means we're going to be putting that together. And Patreon supporters are going to be able to help with lines in the script, with shot selection, location. Uh, we're just going to be kind of reaching out like, hey, we could shoot this scene here or here. Which one do you want? Uh, we're trying to decide between this shot and this shot. Which one do you want? So if you want to be part of the process of putting together the short film, uh, signing up for Patreon gets you part of that. If you just want to help us reach the goals and improve the show, uh, signing up to Patreon helps with that as well. Yeah. Um, you can also, and if you don't want to support us monetarily, what really helps us is if you rate us on iTunes. It takes just a couple seconds. A little longer if you want to write a review. Uh, do that or hit the subscribe button and that helps us shoot up the charts. Yes. And then if you just want to have a pretty solid Kanye conversation, follow us on Twitter where over 5,000 Kanye fans are just interacting and talking uh, via our yeah. <laughs> accounts. Uh, so we just kind of retweets and put forth a lot of discussion points and topics just relating to Kanye all day. And if you like Yeezus so much that you want it in book form, well, we wrote a book called The Yeezus Book that breaks down the Yeezus in its entirety from the story on the album to its themes, to the tour, to everyone that worked on the album, to the production. We cover it all. Yeah, it's uh, us, Martin Connor from Rap Analysis and Donald Martin from The Most Unruly. So you're getting... Uh, the collective expertise of three different entities, four people, and uh, you can support all of us in one fell swoop. <laughs> um, and the book is cool because it's not only this book that's very conversational while being very academic, but it's also a coffee table book in the sense that it's like has all these design elements that make it a joy to flip through. Uh, mm -hmm. There's not unique art, but there's like art that was done specifically for this book, specifically for Yeezus. So it looks really fucking cool. Yeah. Also have shirts available at WashingtonThrone.com. We have both a Runaway inspired and a Hold My Liquor inspired shirt. And there is both an explicit and a clean version of the Runaway shirt. The clean version meaning it doesn't say asshole and douchebag on it in giant letters. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, join us for the bonus episode. Or don't. Yeah. But do. I don't feel pain anymore. Guess what, baby? I feel Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? 
Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.